بسم الله الحمد لله الصلاة والسلام على رسول الله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه ومن وله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته صورة المجادلة to صورة التحريم This entire juz is about unity and belonging and has a particular focus on women as the key to social cohesion and having a stable society built on taqwa. The context for revelation of Surah Al-Mujadila is one of the female companions of the Prophet ﷺ, Khawla bintu Tha'laba. She came to the Prophet ﷺ to complain about her, her husband. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens the surah by saying, قَدْ سَمِئَ اللَّهُ قَوْلَ الَّتِي تُجَادِلُكَ فِي زَوْجِهَا وَتَشْتَكِي إِلَى اللَّهِ وَاللَّهُ يَسْمَعُ تَحَاوُرَكُمَا إِنَّ اللَّهَ سَمِيمٌ بَصِيرٌ Indeed, Allah has heard the statement of her that disputes with you concerning her husband and complains to Allah. And Allah hears the argument between you both. Verily, Allah is the all-hearer, the all-seer. This companion of the Prophet ﷺ, she had an argument with her husband and in anger, he proclaimed a statement which was used in the times of Jahiliyyah as a statement of divorce. And she took this complaint to the Prophet ﷺ, and Allah revealed this surah in response. This lady had so much respect after that that Ibn Kathir mentions in his tafsir that Umar an used to warmly welcome her and listen to her. And another companion complained, you left a man of Quraysh to come to this old woman? And Umar an said, woe to you, do you not know who this is? The man said, no. Umar said, this is the woman whose complaint Allah listened to from above the seven heavens. This is Khawla bintu Tha'laba. By Allah, if she did not leave me until nightfall, I would not tell her to leave until she had got what she came for. Unless the time for prayer came, in which case I would pray and then come back until she had got what she came for. So this surah was revealed to restore her rights. In verse 21, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions a key principle regarding how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala manages the creation. Allah has decreed, verily, it is I and my messengers who shall be victorious. Verily, Allah is all-powerful, almighty. This is the sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even though it takes years sometimes to manifest, maybe, maybe even decades or centuries, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed and it's a very reassuring thought that he and his messengers, he and his religion will ultimately be victorious. And in the final verse of this surah, you have one of the strongest verses in wala and bara, in uh, allegiance uh, and uh, in, alleg in allegiance and renouncing false religion. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Kataba fi qulubi, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in verse 22. لا تجد قوما يؤمنون بالله واليوم الآخر يوادون من حاد الله ورسوله ولو كانوا آباءهم أو أبناءهم أو إخوانهم أو أشيرتهم أولئك كتب أولئك كتب في قلوبهم الإيمان وأيدهم بروح من You will not find any people who believe in Allah in the last day making friendship with those who oppose Allah and his messenger, even though they were their fathers or their sons or their brothers or their kindred. For such he has written faith in their hearts and strengthened them with the ruh from himself. Surah Hashab The context for revelation of this surah is the expulsion of Bani and nadir from Medina. 
for breaching their treaty with the Prophet ﷺ and their repeated attempts at assassinating the Prophet ﷺ. In verse 7, you find a golden principle which has been mentioned. وَمَا آتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوهُ وَمَا نَهَاكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُ Whatever the messenger gives you, take it, and whatever he forbids you from, abstain from it. And in verse 9 and 10, you find the true meaning of brotherhood and a really beautiful dua which all of us should know to strengthen brotherhood. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَالَّذِينَ تَبَوَّأُوا الدَّارَ وَالْإِيمَانَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ يُحِبُّونَ مَنْ هَاجَرَ إِلَيْهِمْ وَلَا يَجِدُونَ فِي صُدُورِهِمْ حَاجَةً مِمَّا أُوتُوا وَيُؤْثِرُونَ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ وَلَوْ كَانَ بِهِمْ خَصَاصَةً وَمَنْ يُقَشُحَ نَفْسِهِ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ And those who before them had homes in Medina and had adopted the faith, love those who emigrate to them and have no jealousy in their hearts for that which they have been given and give them preference over themselves even though they were in need of that and whosoever is saved from his own covetousness such are those who will be successful the context or revelation of this uh, verse is a companion from the ansar who hosted one of the muhajirun in his home but he only had enough food for his own children not even for himself and his wife so he put his children to bed hungry and then he pretended that his lamp was not working and he passed the entire food over to the muhajir who came over to him. SubhanAllah, in doing that, he gave preference to his brothers over himself and his own family. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed a verse praising this companion of the Prophet You see how we have many levels. We have sympathy, where you feel sorry for someone. You have empathy, where you actually feel what they are going through. But there is an even higher level mentioned in this verse, which is ithar. Ithar is when you give preference to others over yourself for the sake of unity and brotherhood in Islam. And then the dua, وَالَّذِينَ جَاءُوا مِنْ بَعْدِهِمْ يَقُولُونَ رَبَّنَا اغْفِرْ لَنَا وَلِإِخْوَانِنَا الَّذِينَ سَبَقُونَ بِالْإِيمَانِ وَلَا تَجْعَلْ فِي قُلُوبِنَا غِلًّا لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا رَبَّنَا إِنَّكَ رَوْفُ رَحِيمٌ And those who came after them say, our Lord forgive us and our brethren who have preceded us in faith and put not in our hearts any hatred against those who have believed. Our Lord, you are indeed full of kindness, most merciful. One of the amazing benefits of brotherhood based on Iman is that fellow Muslims continue to make dua for you once you have passed away. Imam Malik used this verse as an evidence against anybody who insults the companions of the Prophet ﷺ because the primary recipients of this dua, those who have preceded all of us in faith, are the companions of the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. And it's important to note how these refugees, these muhajirun who came from Mecca to Medina were treated. There has never been a society in the history of mankind where a generation of emigrants have come and they have been treated like the muhajirun. It normally takes many generations for them to assimilate. But subhanAllah, they came to Medina and even they had a level of respect which is above the original citizens of Medina. There's never been a case like that in history. Now Surah Al-Hashar ends with the highest concentration of names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be found in the Quran. In the last three verses, there's somewhere in the region of 24 names and attributes mentioned. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, 
هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو عالم الغيب والشهادة هو الرحمن الرحيم هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو الملك القدوس السلام المؤمن المهيمن العزيز الجبار المتكبر سبحان الله عما يشركون هو الله الخالق البارئ المصور له الأسماء الحسنى يسبح له ما في السماوات والأرض وهو العزيز الحكيم He is Allah besides whom there is none who deserves to be worshipped the all-knower of the unseen and the seen. He is the most gracious, the most merciful. He is Allah, none has the right to be worshipped but Him, the King, the Holy, the one free from all defects, the giver of security, the watcher over His creatures, the Almighty, the Compeller, the Supreme. Glorified is Allah above all that they associate as partners with Him. He is Allah, the Creator, the Inventor of all things, the Bestower of forms. To Him belong the best names. All that is in the heavens and all that is in the earth glorify him. And he is the Almighty, the All-Wise. Surah Mumtahina The context for this surah is that the Quraysh broke the peace treaty between the Prophet ﷺ and the Prophet ﷺ prepared an army for the conquest of Mecca and made dua for this mission to be kept secret. The Prophet ﷺ said, Oh Allah, keep our news concealed from them. But there was a companion of the Prophet ﷺ, Hatib, who wrote a letter and sent it to the people of Makkah with a woman from the tribe of Quraysh, informing them that the Prophet Muhammad intended to attack them. Why did he do this? Because he had family and he had property in Makkah, and he was not related to the Quraysh, or he did not have relatives who were powerful in Makkah. So he feared when the Prophet will attack, his family, his uh, uh, his, his property may become a target in revenge. So he sent this letter to warn the Quraysh and perhaps gain some favor from them and they would not attack his family and his property. Now, this normally would be considered a gross act of a treason. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala very gently admonished this companion. The Prophet ﷺ was informed through Wahi that he had done this and the Prophet ﷺ sent Ali and another companion to go and seize this woman and take the letter off her. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed in the opening verse, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu la tattakhidhu adawi wa adawakum awliya'a tulquna ilayhim bil mawaddati wa qad kafaru bima ja'akum min al-haqqi yukhrijuna al-rasoola wa iyyakum an tu'minuna billahi rabbikum in kuntum kharajtum jihadan fi sabili wa abtigha'a mardati. تُسِرُّونَ إِلَيْهِمْ بِالْمَوَدَّةِ وَأَنَا أَعْلَمُ بِمَا أَخْفَيْتُمْ وَمَا أَعْلَنْتُمْ وَمَنْ يَفْعَلْهُ مِنْكُمْ فَقَدْ ضَلَّ سَوَاءَ السَّبِيلِ O you who believe, O you who believe, take not my enemies and your enemies as friends, showing affection towards them while they have disbelieved in what has come to you of the truth, and have driven out the Messenger وسلم, and yourselves from your homeland because only you believe in Allah and your Lord. If you have come forth to strive in my cause and to seek my good pleasure, you show friendship to them in secret while I am well aware of what you conceal and what you reveal. And whoever of you does that, then indeed he has gone far away from the straight path. Umar radiallahu an wanted to cut his head off. But the Prophet said, Hatib participated in the Battle of Badr. And who knows, perhaps Allah has already looked at the Battle of Badr participants and said, Do whatever you feel, for I have forgiven you. So he was admonished and he was forgiven. In this surah, Ibrahim السلام, is mentioned as the role model of allegiance to the true religion and renouncing all other false religions. And he is mentioned twice in this surah as Uswatun Hasana, as a role model to be taken and followed. He is the only prophet in the Quran after the Prophet ﷺ who is described as 
Uswatun Hasana, the, uh, the, an, an excellent example to follow. There's also a common theme with Surah Al-Mujadila in the Surah of Women being the key to a stable and prosperous society. Surah Saf. Saf means rows or ranks. And it's, symbol of, it's a symbol of unifying our ranks to make a strong body. In verse 2 and 3, Allah Taala describes how hated it is in His sight that we say that which we do not do, an important principle in life. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in verse 10 to 12 invites us to a tijara, a type of commerce, which will save us in the hereafter and which will never diminish. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا هَلْ أَدُلُّكُمْ عَلَىٰ تِجَارَةٍ تُنْجِيكُمْ مِنْ عَذَابٍ أَلِيمٍ تُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ وَتُجَاهِدُونَ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ بِأَمْوَالِكُمْ وَأَنفُسِكُمْ ذَلِكُمْ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ O oh, you who believe, shall I guide you to a commerce that will save you from a painful punishment, that you believe in Allah and His Messenger, and that you strive hard and fight in the cause of Allah with your wealth and your lives? That will be better for you if you, do not, if you only knew. SubhanAllah, normally... In the Quran, often in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah will forgive some of your sins. But this aspect of fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and striving hard to make his religion the highest, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He will forgive all your sins. All your sins. Surah Al-Jumu'ah The host institution of Jumu'ah is a congregational act of worship unique to the Muslim Ummah, a weekly gathering which is a strong symbol of unity. If used properly, the weekly khutbah is a means of mobilizing the entire Ummah with immediate effect. In verse 2, he it is who sent amongst the unlettered ones a messenger from amongst themselves reciting to them his verses, purifying them and teaching them the book and al-hikmah, which is the sunnah. And verily they had been before this manifest error. Look at the importance of the order. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first mentions yatlu to recite. Because that's the first thing you hear. But then it's not about teaching the book and the sunnah. The first thing is tezkiyah. The importance of purification of the heart from shirk and other diseases. That comes before education. That comes before being taught the Quran and the sunnah. That shows us the importance of tezkiyah. In verse 5 there's a severe warning against people who are given the scripture but do not understand or act upon it and act contrary to it. They are given the most insulting description of being like donkeys carrying books. They don't understand anything and the scripture is only a burden on their backs. Verse 8, the reality of death. We're trying to escape it and all we do is run closer to it. We measure our age in years, the older we become the more years we accumulate. But in reality, the older we become, the shorter our remaining lifespan is. In verse 11, Allah warns against those who become distracted by trade caravans. It must have been early in Islam, but there was a time when the Prophet ﷺ was giving a khutbah and a trade caravan came with all its fanfare and people started to leave the masjid to make sure they get there first for the deal. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns people to listen attentively when the Prophet ﷺ is giving the khutbah. 
And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala establishes the principle of hastening to the remembrance of Allah and stopping trading. And that's a principle in life, that the dhikr of Allah and obedience comes before commerce and business. And it also emphasizes a prohibition, which is often neglected by many Muslim businesses, which is the prohibition of trading during uh, Jummah time. يا أيها الذين آمنوا إذا نودي للصلاة من يوم الجمعة فسعوا إلى ذكر الله وذر البيع ذلكم خير لكم إن كنتم تعلمون. Oh, you who believe when the call is proclaimed for salah for Juma, come to the remembrance of Allah and salah and leave off business. That is better for you if you did but know. فإذا قضيت الصلاة فإذا قضيت الصلاة فانتشروا في الأرض وابتغوا من فضل الله وذكر الله كثيرا لعلكم تفلحون. And then when the Juma has ended, you may disperse through the land and seek the bounty of Allah and remember Allah much that you may be successful. Some of the scholars use this as a proof that it's Sunnah actually to trade after Juma. Surah Al Munafiqun. It describes with precision the quality of the hypocrites and their characteristics. Why? Because they are the greatest threat to unity. They're lying. They're not fulfilling their covenants, preventing people from the path of Allah. Their evil actions. They're once having experienced Iman but returning to Kufr. Allah warns about being impressed by them. Their number is impressive. Or maybe perhaps their status and their bodies are actually impressive. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns about being taken in by that. وَإِذَا رَأَيْتَهُمْ تُعْجِبُكَ أَجْسَامُهُمْ and when you look at them, their bodies impress you or please you. They insist on not spending. Uh, they, are dis- they insist on not spending on the Prophet ﷺ and showing arrogance when uh, when being, when being told to ask for forgiveness. And they display a level of arrogance against the muhajirun and the poorer of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. Allah also quotes a statement made by the leader of the hypocrites, Ubay ibn Kab. يَقُولُونَ لَإِنْ رَجَعْنَا إِلَى الْمَدِينَةِ لَيُخْرِجَنَّ الْأَعَزُّ مِنْهَا الْأَذَلِ وَلِلَّهِ الْعِزَّةُ وَلِرَسُولِهِ وَلِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَلَكِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ They say, if we return to Medina, indeed the more honourable, meaning the hypocrites, will expel therefore from the Mina. But honour, power and glory belong to Allah and His Messenger and to the believers. But the hypocrites know not. And the end of the surah describes the antidote to nifaq and hypocrisy. What's the antidote to nifaq? It's infaq, spending in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Spending from your halal wealth to support the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَأَنْفِقُوا مِمَّا رَزَقْنَاكُمْ مِنْ قَبْلِ أَنْ يَأْتِيَ أَحَدَكُمُ الْمَوْتُ فَيَقُولَ رَبِّ لَوْ لَا أَخَّرْتَنِي إِلَىٰ أَجَلٍ قَرِيبٍ فَأَصَّدَّقَ وَأَكُمْ مِنَ الصَّالِحِينَ And spend of what we have provided you before death comes to any one of you and says, and, and he says, my Lord, if only you would have given me respite for a little while, then I should have given in sadaqah and been amongst the righteous. In the last three verses, you have three separate exhortations to spend in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Surah Taghabun, verse 14 and 15 warn against your wealth and children distracting you from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and describes uh, the potential of wealth and children to be enemies to you. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِنَّ مِنْ أَزْوَاجِكُمْ وَأُولَادِكُمْ عَدُوًّا لَكُمْ فَاحْذَرُوهُمْ O you who believe, verily among your wives and your children, there are enemies for you. This does not mean that they are intrinsically enemies. It just means some of their actions can resemble actions of enemies because they distract you from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Surah Al-Talaq 
This sort of addresses one of the main threats to social cohesion, which is divorce, and instructs how to carry out divorce where necessary with respect and dignity and from a position of taqwa. Verse 3 has a critical principle for all of us in our lives. Um, uh, 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 verse 2 and 3 Whoever fears Allah and keeps his duty to him He will make a way out for him And he will provide him from sources he could never imagine Verse 2 and 3 Whoever has taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah will always find a way out for them Ibn Abbas said Allah will protect you from every calamity in this world And the hereafter Surah Tahrim. The surah begins and ends with women. And the context of this revelation for this surah, according to some scholars of tafsir, is where some of the wives of the Prophet um, were sort of maneuvering against each other and uh, it, uh, said to the Prophet something about the smell of honey that was coming from him because he was in the habit of eating honey with one of his wives. And the other wives complained about the smell of that honey. It was kind of some kind of manoeuvring. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet said he would not eat honey again. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed, Ya ayyuhan nabiyu lima tuharrimu ma ahallallahu lak. Tabtaghi mardata azwajik. Wallahu ghafur rahim. O Prophet, why do you forbid that which Allah has allowed you? Seeking to please your wives. And Allah is oft forgiving, most merciful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then mentions... Uh, an incident where the, uh, where the Prophet ﷺ disclosed some information to one of his wives and she disclosed it to others when she shouldn't have. But it's interesting when Allah ﷻ reveals verses admonishing the wives of the Prophet ﷺ, the akhlaq mentioned is that the Prophet ﷺ partially disclosed to his wives what Allah ﷻ had revealed. He did not humiliate his wives completely. By saying you've done this and you shouldn't have done that. That's an important principle when you're admonishing others. Don't embarrass people completely. You might be aware of so many things that they've done wrong. But only uh, explain that which you need to to admonish the people. Also you have in this surah the principle of saving your family first. Oh you who believe, save yourselves and your families from the fire whose fuel is men and stones. And the surah ends with descriptions of women. You have the description of two women who are from the families of the, of the Prophets but they still disbelieve. The wife of Nuh and the wife of Lut. Despite being married to great messengers, they disbelieved. Now, the word betrayal is used and the scholars of Tafsir mention this betrayal is betrayal in terms of faith, not betrayal in terms of relationships. Ibn Kathir explains that from the great honor given to the prophets is that none of their wives betrayed them in terms of relationships. It was betrayal in terms of kufr, disbelief. And then the surah ends with the two great role models, uh, Maryam and Asiya. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَضَرَبَ اللَّهُ مَثَلًا لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مُرَأَةَ فِرْعَوْنَ إِذْ قَالَتْ رَبِّ ابْنِ لِي عِنْدَكَ بَيْتًا فِي الْجَنَّةِ وَنَجِّنِي مِنْ فِرْعَوْنَ وَعَمَلِهِ وَنَجِّنِي مِنَ الْقَوْمِ الظَّالِمِينَ the example of Asiya is given, and Allah has set forth an example for those who believe. The wife of Pharaoh, when she said, My Lord, build for me a home with you in paradise, and save me from Pharaoh and his work, and save me from the people who are Valimun. The scholars of Tafsir explain Asiya, her understanding and depth 
of understanding of religion was so great. Even when she makes dua for paradise, the first thing she asks for is to be close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. She doesn't first ask for a house. She first asks to be for a house which is close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rabbibni li indaka bayta. Build for me close to you a house. And of course, the final example is the example of Maryam. وَمَرْيَمَ ابْنَةَ عِمْرَانَ الَّتِي أَحْسَنَتْ فَرْجَهَا فَنَفَخْنَا فِيهِمْ رُوحِنَا وَصَدَّقَتْ بِكَلِمَاتِ رَبِّهَا وَكُتُبِهِ وَكَانَتْ مِنَ الْقَانِتِينَ And Maryam, the daughter of Imran, who guarded her chastity, and we breathed into her uh, our ruh, and she testified to the truth of the words of her Lord, and also the scriptures, and she was from the qanitun, uh, obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet ﷺ said, from among the women of the world who have reached perfection and who are worthy of following are four. Maryam, the daughter of Imran, Khadija, the daughter of Khuwailid, the first wife of the Prophet ﷺ, Fatima, the daughter of Muhammad ﷺ, and Asiya, the wife of Pharaoh. Uh, and in another hadith, separate hadith, the Prophet ﷺ described the virtue of Aisha over all other women of the world is like the virtue of Tharid over all other foods. Surah and that concludes um, this juz, uh, juz of Qad Sami'a, where the main themes revolve around unity and uh, belonging, with a particular emphasis on women as the key to stability and the social fabric of society. Hada wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa alayhi wa sallam wa alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.